You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist, and I am glad to be back. I cannot wait to hear how many of you have taken the 13-minute challenge. Um, As of tomorrow, we are on one full week. Uh, You shoot me a little thumbs up through Facebook or Instagram if you've been doing the 13-minute challenge and you've made it every day, with the exception of the weekends if you choose. Uh, since last week, Tuesday. For those of you who don't know what the 13-minute challenge is, I have a stepdaughter that is in Marine Corps boot camp, and she's been there for a week. So what I did in knowing that I have to take better care of myself because I, like many of you, have a personality that I put myself last on the list. So my thought was, if she can do 13 weeks at Marine Corps boot camp, I can do 13 minutes a day for the 13 weeks she's there. And what I chose to do was I'm, I'm doing a certain exercise for 13 minutes, but I have a lot of people um, in my clients and those in the strength within group that are journaling, meditating, walking, reading, just sitting calmly, doing yoga, uh, writing letters, reading, whatever it is that you feel like um, makes you feel like you're taking care of you. 13 minutes a day uh, for 13 weeks. Her graduation date is October 4th. So my thought process was If I do 13 minutes a day for 13 weeks, it is now a habit. It is not something that I work into my schedule. It is part of my daily routine. And so nobody has to do it. I just know that there's a lot of people who've been putting stuff off. And so the last episode of the podcast was about the 13-minute challenge. So if you're doing it, thumbs up. Let me know. I love to hear the feedback. Um, I am going to also write to her. Uh, the different things people are doing for the 13-minute challenge. Before she left, she was aware that I was doing it. So she's curious to know what everybody is doing. That being said, if you're not in the Strength Within online support group, um, a fabulous place to be. We just hit 330 members. And one of the most supportive, positive, forward motion, community-building support groups I have been in and it's from all over the world. So it's not local. We don't see each other face to face. People are making connections through the uh, actual virtual world. So if you want to be in a support group where you know that the others in there have experienced something similar to what you are experiencing or what you have experienced in the past, you can get on Facebook and search Strength Within. There are some approval questions which I screen lightly the people that go in there for the protection and safety of the people that are already in the group. Now, that being said, also, 
The strength within, no, not the strength within, the Freedom Me online coaching has been going great. We're on week number six tomorrow. If you've been looking to take advantage of a coaching program or an educational program to learn the toxic traits of the the unhealthy person in your life and why they do what they do, the virtual coaching is a great opportunity for you if you need to um, connect with me from a different location other than local to me. It's done on uh, line in a secret Facebook group. It's a class every week and then you can kind of um, process the content of the class, uh, submit questions for the next class, and it's a great way for you to take advantage of a coaching program when you're not local to me. Uh, there is also private coaching. I don't know if you're aware that I do one-on-one coaching. That is an application process, and that application can be found uh, at coachingwithdrheidi.com. So that was, I think, all the announcements I had today. But what topic I want to cover today is something that is out of the blue for me because it was not scheduled. Not that I have every podcast scheduled, but it is something that a tremendous amount of people are struggling with. And whether I can shed some light on this or not, I don't know, but I am going to try my best. So um, I just posted, I think it was actually in the Strength Within, within group, but I said, Um, be careful taking advice from me because I make half of it up and you're probably going to end up drunk. Okay. It's funny. I have a great sense of humor and I'm a big jokester, but, um, you know, sometimes when I get questions submitted to do podcasts on, if I haven't been in that exact situation, I have to put myself in the mind of the toxic person because I am very good at predicting what they're thinking and, and understanding what they're after when they're using the manipulative tactics. So, Many times, even if I haven't been through that exact thing, I am pretty good at deciphering what exactly is going on. This, I 100% have been through more than once. So what I want to talk about today is the feelings that you have to go through when you decide to leave a toxic environment. And we hate feelings. Every single one of us hates feelings. Why do we hate feelings? Okay, remember, when you are in a toxic environment, your feelings are very deceiving. Why are they deceiving? For one, uh, because if you are in a toxic environment, raised in a toxic environment, been in a toxic environment, for a lengthy period of time, you have become numb. Now, when I use the word numb, what I'm describing is you really shut your feelings off. You don't allow yourself to become too happy because in the history of being happy in an unhealthy relationship, happy does not last very long. You are happy for a little bit until the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. So you're very quick to learn. Don't be very happy because it doesn't last very long. So don't build up your hopes because they're going to come crashing down. In a toxic environment, you also become very numb to your feelings getting hurt. With criticisms and comparisons and belittling flying around, the things that defeat our self-worth are the things that make us numb because we don't want our feelings hurt. And a toxic person has zero regard for how their actions affect your feeling. So when they don't have any type of conscience on 
how it's affecting you and what you're feeling, you have to adapt to not letting your feelings get hurt. So you're not going to be happy and you're not going to be sad because that makes you vulnerable for more pain. So part of the reason we're not good with feelings is because we've become numb to it. The second reason that we seem to feel like our feelings are deceiving us is you have been trained or programmed to put your feelings and yourself at the end of the line. If you've been in a toxic relationship, raised in an environment like that, if you are a good, caring, loving, kind personality, you are going to sacrifice yourself for others. So when you feel like you deserve something, yet you get put at the back of the line, we very quickly learn that that's where we're supposed to be. So we are trained and programmed to put other people's feelings and other people's needs and other people's wants before ours, which then allows us to not take care of ourselves the way we should. So your feelings are invalid because you've been trained that they are indeed invalid. The third reason why feelings when you're leaving a toxic environment are deceiving is because you respond very quickly to guilt and obligation. We have a warped sense of guilt and obligation because of what? Oh, back up to number two, because you were trained or programmed to put your feelings last. So the guilt and obligation overpowers the fact that you deserve better because you've heard that some, someone with a good family like that should not leave their family. You shouldn't break up your kid's home. You shouldn't, you shouldn't quit contact with your mother. You know, you shouldn't um, exit the friend group that you've been friends with since high, since high school because you've been trained to put your feelings last. You act out of obligation and you act out of guilt. So when you decide to leave, a toxic environment, whether it be a intimate relationship, a marriage, a sibling type relationship, a parent-child relationship, any type of environment that's not healthy for you, when you decide to leave that, there is a series of feelings that you're going to go through. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm going to try and kind of take you through the process that you're going to feel as you leave a toxic environment. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and most of you will, um, it is pretty standard for this series in this sequence to be valid. When you decide to leave, remove yourself, the day it's half past, quarter till, I don't give a crap, and you decide, you know what, this is it, I'm absolutely done, I can't do it, you know, I'm. O it's, it's over, or you've clearly planned, a safe, made a safety plan, you know, made your exit strategy, everything is perfect. Um, whenever you, in whatever way you decide to leave, the first thing you are going to feel is empowered. You are going to feel empowered and you are going to feel confident. And you are going to call the people who've been trying to support you relentlessly and, you know, unapologetically trying to support you in this leaving a toxic environment endeavor. And you're going to be so proud of yourself. And you're going to understand that you are worth so much more than what you just left. And you have a great outlook on your future and you have plans and, 
And even if you don't have all the answers of finances and where you're going to live, you have a good feeling about what just happened. The future looks good no matter what. And you love the feeling of peace and calm. You know, it's so nice not to have drama. And you know what? When you're in this phase, I get really good positive texts and messages when people are having this empowerment feeling. Now, each one of these different feelings that I go through can last a very short time. They can last days or weeks before the next one sets in. But the next one that you're going to start feeling is going to be the huge guilt monster. And the things you're going to start thinking is, I wonder what they're thinking. You know, they sent me that message that says they, they really miss me. And they must really miss me if they reached out. I mean, you know, they must really miss me. Um, they said that they loved me. You know, I understand. I understand them. I'm the only one that understands them. That's why they always come back to me. That's why they always need me because I'm the only one that understands. Even I even understand their bad behavior. And you'll think of things like, well, you know, not everything was bad. You know, we had some really good memories and we had some really good laughs. And, oh, what if I gave up too early? Maybe it was me. You know, maybe I'm the toxic one. Maybe I'm the toxic one that can't see through it and I'm blaming them. And I get really sad, guilty texts and messages. Very much, what if I made the wrong decision messages when people are in this phase. The next phase that comes is the anxiety phase. Now, why do we have the anxiety phase? Because toxic people do one of two things. Either they contact you, contact you, contact you right after you leave, or you don't hear a thing. And so the anxiety phase either has... I feel like I'm trying, they're trying to suck me back in and you have that type of anxiety or you have the kind of anxiety that makes you go, well, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder who they're with. Are they okay without me? You know, are they okay with me being gone? Maybe they wanted it over. You know, I'm having a panic attack because what if all this time they wanted it over, then I finally, you know, pulled the plug and... Now, what if I could have saved it and I bailed way too early? Maybe I was just being so selfish and maybe I couldn't see through the real thing. What if I'm, you know, what if I'm overreacting or what if I was too sensitive or, or what if they were the only one for me and what if they were my, my real soulmate and the one I was supposed to be with or what if, what if there was a reason that I was supposed to stay in this environment and how are they functioning without me and what if I can't function without them? And every what if question comes up in the anxiety phase. And the anxiety phase will be present if they're trying to contact you and if they are not trying to contact you. What comes after the anxiety phase is the sad phase. I always end up like this. You know, no one ever understands. When I reach out, you know, I try to explain this and nobody ever understands. Now, now here I am. And what if I made the wrong decision? And nobody's seeming to get the perception that I have of, you know, trying to process this breakup because they thought I should not be in it or they thought I should have left a long time ago. So, you know, just a lot of sadness. I remember 
when I was in this phase, I had a quote and it was, my life is a joke. Now it was sarcastic and it was negative, but I said, my life is a joke so much. One of my friends made me sweatpants and that said, my life is a joke across the butt. And, you know, I had somebody call it to my attention and they're like, why do you keep reiterating this negative phase? Because your life really isn't a joke. And that wasn't till later, but that was the, that was the phase I was in and everything. I just felt like my life was a complete joke. Uh, well, am I ever going to find happiness? You know, I'm just so sad. I don't know how to process my feelings. Then the next phase you're going to go into is this, is a phase that you, that scares people a little bit. It's the lonely phase. At least when I was with them, or at least when I had that friend group, or at least when I was talking to them, at least I wasn't alone. Now I'm here. I have no friends that weren't their friends. I have no family because it's a family member that I've had to cut off. And here I sit all by myself. And I don't, I don't know what to do with my time. I think I had a podcast that said, I don't know what to do with my hands. That's the lonely phase. I don't like being by myself. You know, I can't stand the quiet. You know, in the beginning, the first day when I get the text that I left, I'm great. It's so nice to be peaceful. Now, when the lonely phase and the lonely feeling set in, it's the, I can't stand the quiet. I need some action, a.k.a. I have been programmed to be addicted to chaos, and I don't know how to function without it. I've been hoping they wouldn't text this whole time so I could, I could stay strong, but now, you know what? I kind of feel like I need them to contact me so I have a little validation. Like, again, I feel like I need some drama. So when the lonely feelings start in, you start compromising. Because what if you are lonely? What if you never are going to meet anybody? What if, you know? And so then you go from, I hope they never contact me, to, oh, I'm feeling really lonely. I kind of hope they contact me. Even though I swear I'm going to be strong, I hope they contact me. And then... After this phase, this is when we usually need one or two more lessons. And we've all been there. I just need one more thing to make sure. I just need one more validation. I'm just going to give them one more chance because they did say that they love me. Or I'm going to give them one more option or one more um, chance to redeem themselves because after all, you know, it's my parent and I wouldn't be in the world if it wasn't for them. So I'm going to, you know, give them one more shot. So here's where we usually need one more lesson. And what happens after you, you decide we're giving them one more chance, you find out that they are unfaithful. You find out that they've been unfaithful the whole time. You find out that they've been lying and were lying to you when they were trying to get you back or um, that it didn't take them two seconds to move on yet they were telling you how much they loved you. Um, they stole you and, oh wait, oh yes, sorry. They stole from you or broke your things. That, I was trying to read my writing. I have such chicken scratches. They, they accuse you of stalking them or they stalk you. Uh, you the biggest one, the biggest lesson that people learn is they only changed until they got what they wanted. And then they went right back to what they were to be to begin with. And then there you sit in the midst of all this. Um, yes, I was powerful. And then I felt guilty. And then I had anxiety. And then it was sadness. And then I started feeling lonely. And then I needed one more validation 
which I call one more lesson, and you cannot believe you fell for it again. And from there, guess what you do? You call Dr. Heidi, right? No, I'm just kidding. But I wish you would because that is right where I need you. Because you have to go through every process of the leaving to understand why you left and to understand how the whole reprogramming works. But why is it that we go through these feelings? Why do you go through the first, oh, I'm so empowered, I'm so glad I did this. The reason you go through that feeling is subconsciously, you know it's absolutely what is best for you. You know that that person is not healthy for you, that that person and in your life at any level is detrimental to your well-being. So the day you leave, you feel like you made the decision that you should have made a long time ago, right? How, why do we then move on to the guilty phase? Because we've been programmed to always put them first. So when the excitement of the empowerment starts wearing off, guilt starts setting in because you've been trained to put other people first and you made a decision that benefited you. And when you're trained by guilt, you cannot avoid guilt setting in. The anxiety, why do we have anxiety? Because the, self, the self-worth and the negative talk that has been thrown at us through criticisms and comparisons and the down talking to us starts creeping back into our head. We listen to it so much that it starts creeping back in. Well, they said this and they said this and what if that is really true and now that I'm lonely, Maybe that's true and they were putting up with me and maybe nobody else is ever going to love me. So then I need to give them one more chance, right? So when you go through these feelings upon leaving a toxic environment, whether it be parents, siblings, um, in-laws, co-workers, friends, or an intimate partner or in marriage, the process is the same. And the reason you go through the process is the same. And from beginning to end, if you know that when you leave, you're going to go through the empowered phase, through the guilt phase, through the anxiety phase, through the sad phase, through the lonely phase, and through the call Dr. Heidi phase. Uh, when, if you know that, that those phases are coming, it's going to be easier for you to go through them. So there's two or three people right now that I have in mind that, that we are working on this very, very strategically the last two weeks. And they're kind of the reason that I decided to put this podcast out there because I remember this was the biggest struggle. The inner struggle in my head was the biggest struggle I had. And when you have been programmed to serve others, serving yourself feels very uncomfortable. So for those of you out there that are struggling with the feelings after leaving a toxic environment, I am hoping this helps because there is a reason you're going through each one of those feelings. And, you know, it doesn't just disappear. I have said this before. You are divorcing or you are breaking up or you are cutting somebody off or you're going no contact. You think that's hard? But that's the easiest part. It's dealing with these feelings and progressing through the healing. That's the hard part. And that's where the, you know, the Facebook group is awesome because it's a whole group of people going through the same thing. And I say this all the time. People who have not been through emotional abuse and narcissistic abuse do not understand it. And 
I'm hoping, even though I'm trying my best to address this, you'll have to let me know if how good a job I did. But me being able to see this from the outside looking in now makes it, I mean, it's completely clear to me. And when I was standing in it, I didn't know any of this. I didn't see any of this, but I fought with myself nonstop because even though I knew it was good for me, I felt guilty because what if it, what if it wasn't what was best for everybody else? And so I would revert back and I would go back and I would try it again and I'd have to, you know, chalk it up to another lesson learned. And the, the less you need to learn and the more you can be prepared, the better it is going to be for you to leave that environment. And I think by going through these different emotions, you're going to be a little bit more prepared on what to expect when you do make the move to step out of a toxic environment. Um, because the head, the fighting with yourself is the most difficult part. We are the ones that always get in our own way. So if you're getting to where it's half past quarter till, I don't give a crap, and you are getting ready to exit stage left, or you are making an exit plan, or, you are, or you're getting together your safety plan, whatever it is, just know that the empowered stage comes first. And it could last, you know, a week, it could last two weeks, it could last a month. And then the guilt is going to set in. And then the anxiety is going to start. And then the sadness and the loneliness is going to follow. And if you already know this is coming, it's going to be easier for you to accept and to walk through because these feelings don't stay forever. As you process things and you move forward, you get stronger and your self-worth grows and you really validate the fact that, no, I do deserve more and I am worthy. So for those of you who are walking in this, you know, head game path right now. I hope this podcast helps you. Um, again, thank you for your support and thank you for sharing the podcast. We are up to just about 60,000 listeners. And to me, that is absolutely bigger than anything I would have ever thought this would do. So thank you again for sharing. And you know, you guys know how to get a hold of me. Message in. If you send me a message on Instagram, um, if if I don't follow you sometimes, or if you haven't sent me a message before, sometimes I miss those. I seem to see the messages on Facebook a little easier, but again, it doesn't make any difference to me. The email is on the website as well. So thank you for listening. I hope this um, gives a little bit of insight because that makes leaving a little less scary if you know what to expect. Okay, I will talk to all of you soon, and thank you again for all of the support you've given Coaching with Dr. Heidi and my team. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at coachingwithdrheidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic.